there's some people that are in, in organized crime and they have a, a business brain. And Brian Grendon seems to be one of them. These aren't names that are fighting in nightclubs or not throwing big parties with Rolex watches. And there's no imprint on social media for them. They are now probably the most successful operation operating in Ireland. I'm Nicola Talent, and you're listening to Crime World, a podcast about criminals, drugs and the sins of the underworld in Ireland and across the globe. They were part of a plot to flood Ireland with heroin. But when the Turkish Mafia formed an alliance with the gang known as The Family, things didn't quite work out as planned. Last week, 57-year-old Kuldip Singh was jailed for his part of a million euro heroin stash. His boss, Ali Adnan Duran, is already serving nine years here for his role in the business venture that went wrong. So what were members of the Turkish Mafia doing in a Dublin bed and breakfast? And who were the group known as the Family, who are now the top targets of the Gardaí? Today, I'm joined by Sunday World Deputy Editor Niall Donald as we pick through the huge drug bust which uncovered this frightening alliance. We discuss the rise of the Family, the secretive mob boss at the very top of the tree, and the feuds that have allowed them to expand into the once lucrative heartlands of the Kinnahan cartel. This is Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. An unusual character before the courts in Ireland here last week, uh, being sentenced in connection with a drug seizure from August of 2019, a guy called Kuldip Singh, a 57-year-old man, and the second member of a Turkish mafia to be placed behind bars here in Ireland. So I suppose to start with, what are the Turkish mafia doing in Ireland now? Well, I think, you know, they're they're supplying heroin, to, to put it bluntly. Um, I think you see that this is, is you know, a lot of the focus of the guard attention and the media attention has been on the, the, the Keenahan drug supply routes. But here we see another um, very large uh, criminal gang that are, that are that had been setting up another route basically to supply heroin uh, into, into Ireland. And they're a, a Turkish mafia gang with a strong base in Birmingham. Um, obviously, Turkey is one of traditionally for many, many years, for 50 years, Turkey has been a, a, a hub for supplying heroin to, to, to Europe and to America to a degree. It comes through Afghanistan, where it's, it's primarily grown. And this, this gang seemed to have built up a connection in Ireland and saw it as a route for making money. Now, this gang and the Turkish mafias do control heroin. Um, and I suppose if you're an Irish gang, if you can get directly to the Turkish suppliers, you're cutting out quite a large middleman there, being some of the gangs around the Netherlands or Spain who are buying from the Turks and selling on. So um, we'll come to the family who are the Irish group who are linked in with, with this Turkish mafia. But first, we'll just go through a little bit about what happened that brought Kuldip Singh and his associate Ali Adnan Duran to Ireland and saw them arrested. 
Now, both of them are in prison. Singh is serving a four-year sentence, one of which was suspended last week by Judge Melanie Greeley. Now, he has 17 previous convictions, seven of which are for serious drug offences, but he had pleaded guilty to supplying a location where the heroin was found, which was a lesser charge than he was originally uh, put up on. And it was the DPP had agreed that if he pleaded guilty to this lesser offence, that it would be accepted. Um, The court last week heard that he'd lost two family members, his mother and a son while he was in prison here, and that he was a good prisoner. Now, that was despite the fact that he was caught with a mobile phone. So I thought that wasn't allowed in Irish prisons, but clearly that's okay uh, if you do that. Maybe just uh, one single phone is still, still makes you a good prisoner. Maybe multiple phones yeah. makes you a bad prisoner, you know? You get, you get off on, on the one. His, his co-accused Duran, Ali Adnan Duran, has got a nine-year sentence. Now, when he is released... He's wanted for 12 more in the Netherlands. So he's got a serious long time there. But these guys, as you say, they were based in Birmingham. They are suspected, or at least their mafias is suspected, of a huge seizure of 670 kilos of heroin, which was found on the German-Polish border some years ago. be worth about $50 million. And those drugs had originated in Kyrgyzstan. They weren't ever charged with that, but they were nonetheless suspected of it. Um, these two guys moved to Ireland sometime around the summer of August 2019. So what happened and how did they get put under surveillance by the, the Garda's Drug and Organised Crime Bureau? Well, I mean, both of these guys as well, remember, they're in their, in their 50s. They're not young men. Um, they've been both heavily involved in organised crime, in drug dealing in particular for a long, long time. Um, Ali Adnan Duran, who was the guy who was convicted in, in, in previously, he seems to have been maybe the more senior member of the gang. Um, he had been convicted of uh, a drugs offence um, and had fled to Ireland, I think, to, 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 to he'd been convicted in the Netherlands. And they seem to have fled to Ireland in order to establish a supply route for, for this is a, uh, for a major crime gang that are supplying heroin across Europe. Um, they had rented out a, a, a B&B um, in Ireland and uh, had seemed to have been establishing connections primarily with this, this Irish gang known as the family. Um, and yeah, they, 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 they seem to have been flagged up to the Gardaí that these people, because of their convictions, because of their criminal history, and they seem to have become under surveillance unbeknownst to them. Um, the, the, the amount that there's a seizure of close to £1 million worth of heroin was made, but this seems to have just been uh, one, one trash of what was due to start coming into Ireland on a consistent basis. So they'd been placed under surveillance. They were watched coming in and out of the country. They had forged links with a well-known Dublin socialite who we cannot name because he hasn't faced any charges um, in relation to this incident. But he was nonetheless seemed to have been ferrying them around. Um, An interesting aspect of it really because we always tend to see heroin as being a bit of a sort of a lowbrow drug um, you know, a lot of the heroin suppliers traditionally have been very low-level criminals. Um, 
But, you know, it just shows how, I mean, this socialite is very well known or had been very well known for a few decades on the scene and what he was doing with them. He did uh, suggest that he didn't realise they were drug suppliers and uh, that they were actually just establishing a regular business here. Nonetheless, cars were followed, they were watched, they were discovered to be living in this B&B and on the day in question, they were stopped in a car while a warrant was obtained for the B&B. When the guards went in and searched, they found nearly a million, as you say, euros worth of heroin stuffed in a suitcase, encrypted phones and cash all wrapped up. Um, now, the heroin was found in Singh's room in the B&B, which is why he faced that charge for supplying the premises. But overall, what they were doing really was establishing these links with the family. Now, the family are a Ballyfermot-based heroin mob who've been around for a long time. We have been writing about them for a long, long time. But they really are survivors. And I know that now they are probably the top target of the Drugs and Organised Crime Bureau. Such has been their growth over the last few years. Uh, while we've all been quite focused on the Hutch and Kinahan mobs and the feud they're involved in, they've been working away quietly in the background, haven't they, Niall? Yeah, I mean, these are a very different type of uh, gang, I suppose, than the, the Kinahan gang, you know. If you look back and you know, I think probably around 2016, we used to come into work and you'd log on to Twitter and you'd find out what Daniel Keenan, the cartel boss, had been doing over the weekend. He'd had a lovely steak and you'd have a picture of him having a steak or whatever. I'm not sure if he ever ate a steak, but, you know, so he was updating away and people were, you know, putting on charity boxing matches that were associated with crime gangs in, in Spain. But the family are a very different operation. Um, you know, there's no imprint on social media f- for them. There's a very, very low profile. But what they have done over a long period of time, you're talking a 20-year really operation that they've built up their own supply routes that were separate from the Keenan cartel. The Keenan cartel, obviously, were, were bulk wholesalers for most of the gangs. But they seem to have, have built up their own routes. And <clears throat> while there was a massive boom in the cocaine trade, they seem to have which they also became heavily involved in, but they also seem to have kept this steady supply of heroin going through West Dublin initially in particular. And um, they've they've avoided some of the high profile feuds that other gangs have 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 got involved in, say in in, in you know, maybe the Eamon Dunn's gang and Fingless, which really brought a lot of guard attention on them. And um, the the family seem to have They've run a much more tight operation, much more money focused, much more low profile. But ultimately, um, they've become one of the biggest gangs, as you said. And as the focus came on the Keenan cartel, really following the Regency, they've uh, expanded outwards, in particular in places like in in Limerick and in, and in Cork, where they've become huge suppliers to to to, to gangs down there. And um, they are now, as you say probably the most successful operation um, operating in Ireland. Yes, they have expanded both their supplies. They're they're not only doing heroin and cocaine, but ketamine and MDMA are believed as well to be what they're what they're supplying. But headed up by 
Brian Grendon and Philip Grendon, two brothers from a large Ballyfermot family. Is Brian the oldest, I think, of 11? I'm not sure he's the oldest, actually. Um, but uh, he, he, Brian uh, is, is first came to attention in 2001. Um, so that's literally 20 years ago as a, as a young a man in his early 20s. But even at that stage, he was um, a significant player. He was caught with £1.9 million worth of heroin at that stage. Um, but even, even at that early age, he he become somebody to be to be noticed in the underworld. Um, they over the years, um, he he served a lengthy sentence for that seizure, but it it seems to have picked up where he left off after leaving prison. Um, Philip was a, a a different type of character by all accounts. Brian's a very um, quiet and serious person, you know, and very low-key. Philip um, also came to the attention to the Guardi, or to the attention of the Spanish police, actually, most famously. Yeah, something um, mad happened there, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, he was, um, uh, 2016, he was in a hotel room in Spain with a big suitcase full of cocaine, basically. You know, sometime he'd been this cocaine had been purchased it was obviously due to come back to Ireland um, but sometime sitting in his hotel room swel- in the sweltering heat obviously God only knows why but he seemed to have become extremely paranoid and um, one can only imagine why and um, was listening to sounds outside the hotel room somehow became convinced that the rival gang had, had gotten had discovered what was in his hotel room and uh, they were coming to get him, which they just weren't, and threw the cocaine out of the window, <laughs> which was subsequently found by uh, a much-surprised hotel staff, and uh, he ended up serving a, a, a lengthy prison sentence, um, but has been released, you know. That whole story is so at odds with what we know about his brother, Brian Grendon, who, as you say, is a different character, so controlled. That that Philip Grendon scene you've just described there is like something from a Tarantino movie. I'm sorry. He's sitting in a hotel room with a big, huge suitcase full of cocaine and he shoves it all out the window. Was he coming home on the plane, on the Ryanair plane, with the suitcase full of cocaine in the first place? Um, but his brother... Brian, who's the true head, really, of, of the organisation we call The Family, he is so controlled. Since he came out of prison, I think he's one of these guys who vowed he was never going back in. And in order to run a massive, big heroin empire and never go to prison, you have to stay pretty sober uh, and hands off your supply. And I think he... Uh, on the other hand, with his chaotic, slightly out of control brother there, um, he even started to set up at one point, he numbered the lampposts out in Ballyfermot where he is and he each gang that was buying from him was given a number and that's where they collected their drug supply. They went and looked for their lamppost number and it was left under it. So as he never had to be hands-on. He also has used an army of cheap labour out there, homeless ex-drug users, sometimes users struggling to stay off drugs. They'd be given free coke or heroin and then they'd be asked to store um, massive amounts of drugs. I mean, we've seen people being convicted of, you know, holding 
quarter of a million and more worth of drugs. So he has this philosophy, Brian Grendon, of keeping his inner circle very tight, um, taking advantage of the feuds that others are, you know, involving themselves in so as he can expand and grow his business. And he seems to be very, very under the radar. Is Philip um, still in jail in Spain for that little incident or is he is he back, do we know? No, I think Philip has been released and is, is back in, 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 in Dublin. Um, there was a, an amusing thing, number of photos sent in to us where people, his friends, were posing while he was in prison, were, had a cutout, cardboard cutout of him and would pose on his birthday with the, the cardboard cutout while he spent time in Spain. Um, but you'll never find a picture of Brian Grendon on Facebook. Um, and that is the truth. Um, Brian Grandin has, um, as you said, there's a there's a there's a, a tight gang around him that is. Many of the same people have been doing that for twenty years with him, and um, these aren't names that are popping up in 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 not fighting in nightclubs or not, you know, spending throwing big parties with Rolex watches and and all of that. There's a tight network and. Um, they have avoided feuds. They seem to. He seems to have been able to maintain a good relationship with a variety of different gangs in West Dublin, without any of the the falling outs um, that that these that tend to bring on police attention. However, the family as a as a gang are very notorious for their um, their debt collecting for some of the people with um, who owe them money who are tend to be low level. There there is. And there's a lot of weaponry, of course, associated with various seizures um, to do with the, the family. But there's some people that are in, in organised crime and they have a, a business brain. And Brian Grendon seems to be one of them. And it stood to him well. They seem to be turning over an estimated 20 million euro a year. I mean, look, we get these figures. It's a kind of a guesstimation rather than anything else, because obviously there's no records or books held. But that would have been what the Garda's Drug and Organised Crime Bureau believe that they may be sort of turning around that kind of that kind of money. Um, and where does it go? Where does the money go? It just washes around the system. They obviously are good at moving it back out of the country, um, squirreling it away. There's some show of some amount of wealth. I know that the Criminal Assets Bureau are, are investigating um, Grendon and his mob there at the moment. They certainly have identified some assets, but I think a lot of the money has travelled back out of the country. The drugs come in, the money goes back out and, you know, they try and hide it away there in Europe. And obviously Turkey is becoming increasingly quite a place um, to do business in organised crime. It always has been somewhat, but um, they seem to be very reluctant to hand back their own citizens if they're wanted in other countries for, for, for crimes. Um, a lot of drug money, even that we know of from the gangs here in Ireland, has been um, has been invested there in properties, certainly. And uh, somebody who's quite linked with the family would be George Mitchell's gang here in Ireland. And they have strong links to, uh, to Turkey and to, to properties and the likes out there. Yeah, so you, I mean, I think you see that um, that over the years, over those many years, that that the family, um, while they imported drugs, they also were willing to deal with other 
crime organizations, particularly Georgie Mitchell's gang, but also the Keenan's, I think, to a degree. And they would, you know, while there's the idea that, that these gangs are always in competition for drug patches, that it doesn't always work like that, that they work together, they buy stuff together. Um, but you will see now that the, the Keenan operation is so diminished um, from what it was at its peak that there were, a vacuum is being created um, in, if you look at the Limerick underworld that the Keenahans supplied way back to the days of, of Paddy Doyle and Fat Freddie Thompson, um, that now the family have become one of the major suppliers to drugs in Limerick, and that there is a vacuum and that there is, uh, you know, gangs like the family that have an organisation and a structure and also probably are not the, the, the primary focus because of the violence that was associated with the feud, they are now going to boom and they now have that opportunity to take over, uh, you know, what was a, a, a closed shop. Um, as I said, top target there of the Drugs and Organised Crime Bureau. And I do think that was a good operation they did back in August 2019. I mean, they are significant criminal um you know, members of that mafia that are currently locked up here in Ireland. Um, perhaps Singh's sentence doesn't reflect the amount of work that went into that operation, but I do think hats off in regard to that. And I suppose a lesson that um, there'll never be an end to all this. There's always somebody to take over when somebody falls or pulls out of the business for whatever reason. Yeah, there's always, um, there's a, there, the vacuum will always be created. So it's a, it's a never ending war. Um, I think everybody knows that, but you know, it's also it's also very important that that these guys, although it's a never-ending war, and somebody will always replace the drug dealers that that are there that that get put behind bars. You also the lessons of the Keenan gang is that you can't let these gangs become so powerful because it has such a corrosive effect on society and communities. And although people can get very much, oh, they'll just be replaced by somebody else. But if you let these gangs become too powerful, you can see the consequences in other countries. So they still have to be stopped as individuals. Um, but yeah, drug dealing is never going to go away. And exactly, you know, to, for them to have forged these direct links with the Turkish mafia and for it to have people like like that based here in Ireland trying to muscle in on, onto the market just really does show how dangerous they can become. Niall Donald, I think we'll be talking about the family again in the months to come. So we'll keep an eye on this one. Thanks, Nicola. You've been listening to Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. Produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me, Nicola Talent. If you like the podcast and love true crime, why not download the free sundayworld.com app for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe.